Happy New Year to all the Wisconsin prep hockey fans out there as uh, we've changed to 2023. And this is the first issue of this week in Wisconsin prep hockey here in 2023. I'm Mike Hammett, your host, my uh, astute colleagues of Billberg, Al Scanlon and Billberg Jr. Good evening, gentlemen. How you doing? Happy New Year to you. Sleepy. Sleepy? <laughs> Let's get started with our last game of the week that we had, um, that I was at, I should say. Uh, Muskego Ice Force came in to play Janesville. And uh, that was a game I was at, guys. And it was, Coach Nick English said for his Bluebirds, you know what's important to us is getting a fast start. And about 30 seconds into the game, you, don't, you really can't get much faster than that. They scored a goal, I believe, by Ben Schaffner to make it a one nothing game. Then they scored another, and they scored four in the first period. Um, the Ice Force did get one in the first period, so it was a 4-1 game after uh, one. They didn't, either team scored in the second, and then Janesville scored again in the third to uh, finish it out, guys. and. Uh, you know, Ice Force, they, Janesville wanted a fast start, but the Ice Force, they uh, once they got past that second period, I thought they played a lot better. Um, they were able to uh, sustain some zone time, but uh, weren't able to get many pucks past the goaltender for Janesville. And uh, it's not that they played bad. They just didn't really come out in the first period, uh, struggled a little bit, and Angel was able to get that lead, and uh, they got the win. Seemed like a, kind of a jumping-off point for Janesville. Um, they were two and four going into that game, and then following that, they ended up winning the the Joe Raymond tournament. Funny, uh, the Joe Raymond tournament. Janesville's always went there in the last ten or so years. And they've never really played in one of the – they've never played the championship game. But uh, all the planets aligned this year, and uh, they did. And they were able to get a win over conference rival Sun Prairie, uh, five to three games. So uh, congratulations to them. You guys were at uh, Wisconsin Prep Hockey Girls Holiday Classic. How'd that turn out? That was a fun tournament. It, it always is. Um, uh, Coach Dwayne Washnick for the Warbirds uh, organized things. It was in Fond du Lac this year. Uh, I was there with uh, grandson Brett. Bill was uh, monitoring, using his two monitors to uh, follow the live barn feeds from the Wisconsin Prep Hockey Home Office. And you know, keep making sure all the the games were 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 entered and everything was up to date. Doing the the the, the Twitter and all that other kind of social stuff, um, while Brett and I were down there snapping pictures. Uh, the first round, I mean, well, yeah, technically our, our game of the week was the championship game, but it was really the whole tournament we were there for. Um, and I, I took, I mean, just just some of the the highlights from the tournament. Uh, the first round, they play, uh, they use both ranks in Fond du Lac for the first round. They play two games on each rank 
at, well, not at the same time. I mean, there's a nine o'clock game at each rink and an 11 o'clock game at each rink. And uh, I let Brett have the, the, the rink a, which is the, the big, the, the big rink at, at Fond du Lac. And I took rink B, which was cold. Um, I was dressed for the cold. Brett wasn't, but it was still cold. Uh, very cold rink. Um, but that, that was, that was one of the things. And the highlight of the tournament um, was the Hayward uniforms. Um, Hayward had some uniforms especially uh, made up for this tournament. Uh, I know we plastered it all over the site and all over the social medias. Um, they were designed by the assistant coach. I believe Tom Duffy did that. Uh, they were they were a, a sight to behold. Um, uh, very festive. Uh, the numbers, the the lettering was you know with, with candy canes. Uh, instead of cross sticks on the front, it was crossed candy canes with a little starlight mint instead of a puck. Um, had the special roping going around. It was just, just, just very, very nice uniforms. Um, one of the things I also noticed during when I, I process all the pictures, you know, crop them, line them, make sure they're straight and stuff before we put them on the website. And when you go through the pictures and you keep seeing the same players over and over again you know for what so it's like there are there are certain players that were just always around the puck um for now for the fox city stars it was it was number 10 uh malaya streck i mean she was in it's, it's like she was in every picture she was just constantly moving up and down the ice um except she wasn't in the last game um I, and, and between periods brett came over and said where, where is their little spark plug um, and she, and he looked, oh, I wonder if that was her on the bench. Cause there was a player on the bench with a helmet on it and a hoodie. And I watched during the next period and I'm pretty sure that was her because she was like in constant motion on the bench, just, you know, back and forth on the bench and jumping up. And yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that was her, um, number 21 for the Warbirds, Allison Wara, uh, just in all the pictures, just always around the puck. And for the for the Rock County Fury, Amory Stuckey, number twenty five, it seemed like every picture she was in it because she was always around the puck. Um, another thing that stood out, uh, she probably did not want to stand out quite so much was, was Sydney Magnuson, the, the Black River Falls goalie. Uh, Bill tallied up the the the, the, the stats, and she had one hundred fifty five saves and seven goals allowed in a twenty four hour period. They played wow. the second. They played in the second game on Wednesday. So the starting, she started Wednesday at eleven o'clock. Then they played a one or a two two thirty game Wednesday afternoon. Then they played at nine o'clock and finished at eleven o'clock on Thursday. So twenty four hour span, one hundred fifty five saves, seven goals allowed for a ninety five point something save percentage. I'm, I'm sure she was, well, she's probably even seeing pucks in her sleep that, you know, Wednesday night. Um, what else from there? Uh, oh, and uh, the, the the championship game featured Bay Area and the 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 well-bedecked uh, Hayward Hurricanes. Um, but the, the, the semifinal game between Hayward and the Warbirds Ended on a two-on-one, which came after uh, Ella Spees, who is always around the puck as well, a defender for the Warbirds. She, uh, it was 
the second overtime, so it was three on three, and she came in, put a shot, hit the goalie in the shoulder, and by that time I had moved indoors because I was in the lobby watching through the glass. But look, I hit her in the goalie in the shoulder that hit the pipe and went out, which led to a two-on-one going the other way, and um, Hayward scored on that, and, and that got him into the championship game. But uh, uh, Coach Washtick said that, I mean, immediately after the shot, what you know, Ellis Peace said that that puck went in that did not hit the pipe, and they they record all of their games. And he said he looked at that thing, and yeah, it actually hit the the inner the 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 pipe on the inside the back of the net and back out. Um, but uh, it, it's it was such a quick thing that the ref didn't see it. I didn't see it. I was behind that. I didn't see it. Uh, nobody saw it other than Ellis Peace. So. Anyway, that put uh, that put Hayward in the championship game, um, where it possibly should have been the Warbirds. But either way, uh, Bay Area came away winning it, um, and Bay Area is a fast team. Uh, I mean, the first period, it was all spent in the the Hayward end, uh, with the exception of a couple of uh, penalties that that Bay area drew and then Hayward managed to get the puck down into the Bay area. And, but they are just fast. They, they, they pick pockets. They, they keep the pocket. They, they relentless on the attack and, and they're young. They, they've got a goalie and a couple of uh, like two seniors among their top, you know, 10 scores and, and their goalie is a senior, but they just got a lot of sophomores and freshmen. Um, and they're just, it, it's like, you see some players, you know, skating down the ice and, you know, their arms and their legs are just a pumping. These girls, it just look, looked like effortless speed. They're just gliding just back and forth up and down the ice. I don't know what they're doing over there uh, in, 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 in Green Bay. To, I don't know if they're doing uh, overspeed skating or what, but, but they, they were just fast. And they did win the championship game, which was our game of the week. They won uh, four to one. Um they built a, a three nothing lead. Hayward did score right at the end of the second period. Uh, Riley Springer, um, I think she's been a player of the week, and she's nominated a lot because she's she's a force on the ice. Um, she got one with like thirty seconds left in the in the second period, and you know you, you hate giving up a goal at the end of a period, but uh, Bay Area came back and, and scored in the first minute of the third period. To, to wipe that out. So, and they, they just kind of skated to a, a four to one win, but it was a good tournament. It was fun. I think everybody had a good time down there. It was well run. It was on schedule. Um, the, the games on, on the, the, the final day were what nine, 11, one and three. So I'm thinking, well, you know, by the end, you know, we're not going to get out of there until, well, three it should be done at five. Probably won't get done till like five thirty or six. I'm looking at where we're going to go for dinner. We were on our way out the door at four thirty-seven. So wow, yeah. Um. Oh, one other one other thing, and Coach Washtuck wanted me to bring this up too. Um, did you know there's a shortage of officials? I think we've all heard about this, but yeah, I mean, it was it was. He had he he I I actually I want I think 
for some of the, I think he, they must have like an old officials home down there, you know, retirement community. I think he raided that for some of the guys that were doing these games. Um, but they, they had to cancel um, the, the JV portion. They usually have a, a JV portion um, for this tournament as well. And they had to cancel it because they did not have enough officials. Um, I think there was a, there was the, the showcase going on in, in, in Green Bay. I think there was another tournament going on in, in Appleton. Um, the Joe Ramos, there were, they're, they're just, there are not enough officials out there. Um, and I was almost starting to feel guilty because, you know, I hung up, I hung up my, my whistle, uh, you know, a while ago, but they, they don't need old farts like me. Although there were a couple at this game, um, but they need young guys. They need, they need young guys. They need young women. They need officials. Um, if you know how to skate, uh, you like hockey, you know, the WI is always looking for officials. Um, so that, that's, I, I promised I would, I would mention that. Um, and if you, you know, go through USA hockey's training program and all that, um, your local association is probably going to reimburse you for any of the costs. And then you get paid for all the games you do. There you go. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I actually, I, I realized I don't have to feel guilty because, you know, it's like back when we were at the hockey, so in the Anago hockey, it was the, we, there was a crew of us that made ice every year. And the only way to get off the crew and get out of making ice was to find a replacement. Um, and I, I found a replacement who's actually a much better official than I am. And she does a lot of games and she's very good at it. So, I mean, you know, the old granddaughter, Nikki, replaced me. So I, I guess I don't have to feel guilty because she refs a lot. But they need What's officials. Be... Um, and next next year, this tournament uh, moves to Eau Claire, uh, from what I am told. So. Uh, Nikki was going to be my guest. I mean, my guest. Because it seems like she's always. And the game set are. Kind of, you know, a little bit more important, like tournaments and, you know, WIA tournament and stuff. Those kind of refs, you know, and not not saying it because she's your granddaughter, but, you know, Nikki does a good job. And that's and why just, she gets off that stuff. Like, and if, and if it's something that you want to do, I mean, last year, Nikki bought herself a new pair, a brand new pair of skates that were $900, and she paid for them in a week of refing. Holy jump. The next week of refing after she bought those skates, she had made back every dime that she paid for them. And they were $900 skates, like the kind of skates I would never buy myself because that costs way too much. She paid for them in a week. Hmm. I mean, it was a couple of high school games and like a, a Bantam tournament or something. And yeah, she paid for the whole thing. Like, I mean... If it's if you've got the time, it's better than sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah. Um, anything else about the games of the week? No, I think that'll do it. I think we should. Uh, yeah, we could probably. It was like I said, one more thing. Just a very very good tournament. People are people in Fond du Lac very friendly, very accommodating. A good time was had by all. Our Radisson Madison players of the week are up next, and uh, looks like Dell, that's your subject today. Who are our winners of the week? 
Thanks, MJ. Uh, our Radisson Madison Players of the Week. Uh, first player actually was in an out-of-state tournament, and he scored one goal and two assists in a six-to-one win over North Shore, Minnesota. Then on Wednesday, he had two assists and a five-to-four win over Duluth Marshall, Minnesota. Thursday, he scored two goals and an eight-to-one win over Moose Lake area, Minnesota. And our Radisson Madison Boys Player of the Week is Cooper Simon from the Brookfield Stars. Well, and, and I just want to add also that he was nominated. The nomination uh, said he was also named to the All Tournament Team and was named the Tournament MVP in that 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 tournament. How about that? And Brookfield's got a few years to watch this player yet. I believe it said he was only a freshman. So, uh, let's move over to the girls' side uh, for our player of the week. And they, her team played in the Culver's Cup tournament down in Madison. And on Wednesday, she scored two goals and one assist in a six to nothing win over Cap City. On Thursday, she had one goal, two assists, and a seven to three win over the Central Wisconsin Star Storm. And then on Friday, she had one goal, one assist, and a five-to-one win over the Madison Metro Link. And our player is Michaela Reinke from Superior. And those are our Radisson Madison players of the week. Del, were you, did you uh, did you see any of the uh, girls Culver's Cup? I watched it on Live Barn. Um, I was working during the day. I wanted uh, to ask last week. I wanted to ask you what you uh, did see about Thursday's game. The Central uh, Wisconsin Storm to give up seven goals is just not storm like. You know, I actually tuned into that one a little bit late and kind of caught bits and pieces of it. I didn't see enough of it to really make a judgment on it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Storm play in person yet this year. I did see Superior play in person when they were our game of the week up in Superior. Uh, I've been impressed with uh, Superior this year. They, I mean, they're sitting there with an 11-1 record. So, yeah, I mean, it speaks for, for themselves because uh, they've got – they're playing some good teams and everything. And it's it's actually – you know, exciting to see another team instead of the same four or five that we've been seeing for the past few years. Nothing against those teams, just, you know, nice to see new blood uh, up there at the top of the rankings. The last question the Storm gave up seven goals was Thursday, December 26th, 2019. Who did they give that up to? Uh, Lakeville South. Uh, okay. Nice Twin Cities team. So a little over three years. Okay. Almost exactly three years, but yeah. I agree with you, adults. It's good to see some different teams in there. Um, like you said, nothing against all the other teams, but you know, superior girls, you know, we haven't had a chance to really talk about them, but and, you know, superior is a big hockey town. Let's, you know, we all know that. Um, my question is, 
Um, has the Superior Girls in Girls Hockey ever won state? Yes. Okay. I would say it was either the second or third year we were there. Would have been Cousin Dana? Cousin Dana was on it. My niece, Dana, Bill's cousin, Dana. It looks like when you're looking at this top six, well, I'm just going to go ahead and let Junior talk about the top six. Oh, I suppose. Our top six is uh, surprising nobody. Uh, unanimous number one in boys division one is the Notre Dame Academy Tritons. Second is Chippewa Falls. Third is Verona. Fourth is Eau Claire Memorial. Fifth is Bayport. We'll hear more about them later. And sixth is Superior uh, for the boys division one top six. Uh, for division two, uh, St. Mary's Springs, not unanimous, but still number one. Uh, New Richmond is second. Amory is third. Um, Rhinelander is fourth, Lakeland is fifth, and Oregon is sixth. And then for the girls, the aforementioned Superior Spartans are number one. Uh, Bay Area Ice Bears are second, Central Wisconsin Storms third, Hayward Hurricanes are fourth, Fox City Stars are fifth, and the Cooley Region Cyclones, I keep wanting to say chill, uh, are sixth. That's what's going through my head, Cooley Region. Our upcoming games of the week, Notre Dame at Bayport, and Saturday, the Iceberg is going to be taking on the Cap City Cougars. It should be a matchup. We'll have a story uh, summaries online, and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week as well. I don't remember if it was a game of the week, um, but last year we covered Notre Dame and Bayport in the championship game of the – uh, Fox River, River Classic uh, Conference Tournament. Um, I called that one on the, the Voice of BP stream as the color man. Uh, that was a very, very good hockey game. Uh, and now both those teams are recognized as top six teams. Notre Dame is obviously, um, I believe they're still sitting perfect on the season. So uh, let's see if, if Bayport can get in there and knock them off. Notre Dame looks really good. They, uh, I mean, they're they look really good. They're 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 averaging seven point oh eight goals a game while allowing one point three three. That's kind of Hudson like. In their twelve games, they've only given up more than two goals twice or three times. So MJ, on your question about the Superior Girls. Uh, winning yes. state, they yes. wanted it. They won the state tournament in 2005, uh, three to nothing over on Alaska. In 2004, they lost it, the state championship game, two to one. In 2003, they got knocked off in the semifinals, and in 2002, they weren't down there. But those were the first four state tournaments for the girls. And I think those first four tournaments, like the first couple, there was there was only like four teams. Yep. Little. And, and let's see. Yeah, I'm not sure when they actually increased from four. So, speaking of Cooley Region Chill, the, uh, it's not the Cooley Region Chill. 
I, I know, but <laughs> came up with junior there. Billy Region Chill, um, back in the day when they had a junior hockey team, they had a kid from Verona named Eddie Matsushima playing on their team. I'm sure you guys remember Eddie Matsushima from Verona. Yes. I forward. Um, was going through Twitter the other day, and Eddie Matsushima showed up with a uh, goal that he scored playing for the Tulsa Drillers. So Eddie's been through juniors, been through college, and now getting paid to play hockey. And I thought that was pretty neat because it was just, it was like watching him all over again. I mean, it just, just the way he handled the puck and, you know, the good hands and just put it away. And, uh, you know, see some of these guys going on. I mean, not NHL guys, but still being able to play the game they love and get paid. I mean, how, how cool is that? Yeah, he's still getting paid to play hockey in the ECHL. He's got 25 points in 27 games this season for the for the Tulsa Oilers. So, uh, and, he, and he made the all-star team. Well, a point a game will generally do that for you. Mm-hmm. He leads the team in points. Uh, what surprises me is that, well, I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know Eddie you know, on a personal level, but um, with the numbers he's putting up in the ECHL, I, I'm surprised he's not playing in Europe. He'd probably make more money. But I know Ross Harmon's playing over there in Europe. He, he may not want to. It's a long plane ride. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, some final thoughts as the show is coming down the stretch. Oh, um, I, I got one final thought. And, and this, this comes up from time to time um, during certain conference games and during tournaments and stuff. Um, when entering the stats uh, on the site, all we enter, all we track is um, what the WIAA considers to be an official game, which is three periods of 17 minutes, and if necessary, an eight-minute overtime, and if necessary, a five-minute three-on-three overtime. Once that's done, the scoring stops as far as what gets entered on our site. Now, we started actually putting game summaries and, and tracking stats and all this when we moved to Sports Engine, what, 12 years ago? I believe it was 2011, 2012. Yeah, okay. Um, so, and, and we had, uh, the first time tournaments came up, I mean, we, we discussed it. Uh, and there were, there were arguments to, made, to be made on, on both sides. You know, we should count um, if, if they go another overtime or if they go to a shootout, that should count, as some people said. And some people say, well, no, it really shouldn't because, I mean, the game is just supposed to be. And what rather than, you know, coming up with the decision on our own, um, what we felt, well, so we, we, can't, we can't make that rule. We, we can't make up a rule on our own because somebody's always going to argue with it. So we said the easiest thing is just, count an official game the way the WIAA counts an official game. And their official thing is the aforementioned three 17-minute periods, an eight-minute five-on-five, and if necessary, a five-minute three-on-three overtime. 
and those are the only official stats that get entered. So if you have to play another overtime or a shootout because you have to determine a winner because it's a tournament, that's fine to go ahead and do. Don't enter that on the site. Those things, those things that after that that happen after that second overtime do not count. And I mean, like a lot of the teams do that because uh the, the Badgerland Conference. They play each team plays each other once, and that purpose of that is to seed their conference tournaments. So they won't end in a tie for those conference games. And they know they've been doing that for years. And you know, if they go to a shootout to determine that. That is only for purposes of conference seating. They keep a separate set on that, and it doesn't get entered on the site because all that we enter is the official WIAA. Yes, we 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 often say we're not the WIAA, so we don't have to, you know, we don't make the rules, we don't follow. But there was there were like I said, there were good arguments to be made on both sides, and we decided that you know that's not a decision we should make. We'll just go with what is the official game and leave it at that. So, um, Sock Prairie, you tied Madison Memorial. Get over it. Plus, I mean, if we had to, we'd be implementing different rules for different teams in different conferences, and it just it doesn't make sense. Um, thankfully, over the last two seasons now, I think most of the conference tournaments have aligned with the WIAA procedures now. It used to be they'd play one overtime and then they'd go into a shootout right away. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that anymore in the conference tournaments, um, but with the holiday tournaments, that's still kind of happening. It'd be it'd be nice if if everybody followed the eight minute five on five, five minute three on three, and then if you still needed something to determine winner, fine, do another overtime, do a shootout. But it'd be nice if the first two overtime periods were were as defined. Uh, in the rules, because then everybody would be, everybody would be playing the same rules. Yeah, I think most. Well, I think it would. Unless you go to one of these out-of-state tournaments, I think most of the Wisconsin ones are doing that now. Because, and I, I like the reason. I think one of the uh, the the head of the girls' coach, you know, explained why they did that, uh, because they're going to do that at state, and they're going to do it for the playoffs. So they want teams to be able to get used to that, get used to the idea of playing three on three. And quite frankly, three on three for five minutes, that's going to end a lot of games. Sure is. Sure is. I agree with that. I'm still waiting for somebody to pull the Fedorov and pull their goalie and go four on three. Sergey was doing it in the KHL. I would love to see. I mean, it's a high school <laughs> hockey game. If it's the non-conference game, and you're you're just just come on, pull your goalie, go four on three. Well, in the Culver's Cup, there was one other game that in regulation ended in a one-to-one tie, and they went to the shootout, and that was uh, Madison Weston Cedarburg, and Cedarburg ended up winning the shootout, but they left their stats the way they needed to be off the score sheet. Yeah, and, and generally, we're not like proactive about editing editing the stats that they entered into the site. Like, if you send us a correction or something, we go back to the coaches and ask for the score sheet and then enter that. Um, but we are proactive 
if like a shootout gets entered into this site, we're going to go into that game and delete it. Um, because that four, we can four, four times <laughs> we can see that, and, and we're not like, well, burglar sounds joyful, but you know, we're not like thrilled about it. You know, we don't we don't want to delete your stats or anything, but I mean, the rules are the rules, and that's what a game is, and anything else is is for the purposes of tournament seating. It's it's not uh, official as far as the WIAA is concerned, and uh, the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association has been on board with the way we've we've chosen to do it. They've never complained. So, um, you know, if, if, if we were to change it, it would come from them or the WIA if they changed the rules, but uh, I think we're, we're in a pretty good place with it. Um, my final thought for the day is last week or the December 22nd, the rock County fury was trying to put on their mental health awareness game uh, down in Beloit. Unfortunately, Mother Nature stepped in and changed a lot of games that day. And so they rescheduled their game uh, till Monday night next week at 7 p.m. And they will be playing their mental health awareness game next Monday. And we just wanted to make sure that word got out. Well. <clears throat> kind of watching TV here today once I got off work and I see the uh, Winter Classic was on. We can play at Fenway Park. I thought that was pretty cool to hear. The question came up to me is, have, you, have any of you ever heard of a high school game in Wisconsin play outdoors? Well, I'm pretty sure that several teams used to play outdoors. Well, I can't, I don't remember, you know, one recently being played outdoors, but I do know that one of our teams and I want to, they went to uh, Fargo this over the holiday classic and played in a, on an outdoor rink under the ice, under the lights out there. And, um, I think what was it Fox City? No, it wasn't Fox Cities. I know if I go, if I can, it was like the twenty seventh or twenty eighth, and they because they put have it outdoor rink is where they played. I just wondered if there was any places. You no, know, there probably has been. But I'm saying, like in recent times, has there been uh, any games played outside? Although some would probably tell you playing in Beloit's pretty close to being playing outside with the facility down there. Back um, when that, I was a kid, Mozanie didn't have walls. It was just a roof. Big tarps behind the player benches leading okay. right outside. Well, if you ever were at what Salem before they got their new rink and everything, that was basically an outdoor rink with just walls put, you know, boards put up for the wall. Um, the team that I was thinking about that played the outdoor game at the lights in West Fargo, North Dakota was River Falls on this past Tuesday. I would imagine, though, you got to have a lot of things when it comes to an outdoor game. 
like at the high school level. I mean, NHL, I mean, they got guys that, you know, their business is ice. I mean, they got to put on a show. Well, but, but I would imagine the, at the high school level, it's got, you got to have some things go right. I mean, part of the NHL thing is that they keep putting outdoor ice in places where they're necessary, shouldn't necessarily be outdoor ice. Um, like Fargo, North Dakota. I'm sure the outdoor ice is beautiful all on its own. All you got to do is stick boards on it and get some lights up so you can see. Uh, outdoor games would be cool. I'd like to. I'd like if if someone hosted an outdoor game, I would go. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Minnesota with their hockey day in Minnesota, I think they do outdoor games for the high school level. They do. I've seen it advertised before that, you know, we're going to have this outdoor game. I just think it'd be pretty neat if uh, somebody had one. But like I said, you got to have a lot of things, especially weather. Got to have things like weather in your favor. It's just so hard to predict these days. Yeah, I mean, the weather is a big one. I mean, if it's a light snow, you can play outside. But if it's a blizzard, probably not. Right. No, they uh they had decent weather in Boston today for that winter classic and they kept commenting on how good the ice was holding up. So uh made a pretty entertaining game. So that's my final thought. Outdoor games. Thought that was uh neat to see that. And I was just kind of wondering if we've ever had any of those here in recent memory here in Wisconsin. Oh uh my last final thought so guys anything else you want to get off your chest no I'd like to go to bed (laughs) okay all right well for uh, the Berg family for Dell myself Thanks for listening. We'll try better next week on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.